Howdy. What's going on? Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. It is heard live every day, by the way, from noon until 3 on WBT Radio in Charlotte. And if you want exclusive content, invitations to events, the weekly live stream, my daily show prep with links, become a patron. Go to the PeteCallanerShow.com. This podcast is also supported by North Carolina businesses, so please consider supporting them. Try not to skip through their short ad. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get every episode for free right to your smartphone or tablet. And thanks so much for your support. So when the legislature of North Carolina overrode Governor Roy Cooper's veto on the Parents' Bill of Rights, the law took effect immediately. And so school districts are now having to adopt rule changes, policy changes internally in order to comply with the state law. I love this quote at WRAL from Tamika Walker-Kelly. She is the, uh, well, here, this is how she is described at the at the website. Uh, Tamika Walker-Kelly is president of the North Carolina Association of Educators, the state's largest teachers group, <laughs> because it's not a union. Don't call it a union, even though it's a union. Don't call it that. It's a union, not a union. She says most of the parental rights enumerated in the new law have already been law for years, so it's not even needed, don't you see? We don't need this parental bill of rights because we already have a lot of these things that's already in the rules. So why even bother? Yet for some reason, the rule changes drew a lot of outrage at Charlotte Mecklenburg School Board meeting last night when they adopted the language of the law. Charlotte-Mecklenburg schools may be the first district in the state to change its policies, according to Charles Jeter, who is a former state lawmaker, Republican, who represents uh, CMS now. Uh, he, he is no longer a state representative. He went to work for CMS. And um, I'm not sure if Charlotte-Mecklenburg is or is not the first in the state, but if he says it, it might be true. Um, CMS's first day of school for students is Monday. The key policy changes approved last night include parents will have to opt in for their children to participate in reproductive health and safety education programs. Prior to the new law, parents had to opt out. CMS also must give parents the right to review library and educational materials, including textbooks that are used in class. There's also a way for parents to object to material in school media centers and or books and educational materials used in class. Gender identity, sexuality, or sexual activities cannot be mentioned in any K-4 curriculum. And district schools must notify parents if their child wants to use a different name or pronoun. And by the way, that is, as I mentioned last hour, that is in line with what the U.K., has now begun doing. you got to tell parents. And as I went over earlier in the week, I believe it was Monday, um, that the science, the approach on all of this stuff is changing because what they have found is kids who transition socially, they usually have pre-existing underlying mental health issues. And that's what you need to address first. But there is a rush to the transitioning. And I would submit it's because kids going through puberty, uh, they feel, you know, out of, uh, uh, out of sorts, either, you know, physically and mentally. There's hormonal uh, issues, you know, raging and stuff. 
You also have uh, peer pressure. You've got, uh, you know, maybe they're bullied. Maybe they're gay. And they think these, in all those cases, they think this is the answer, that they were somehow born wrong because you got parents telling them that you're, you're something else trapped in this one body. So you're wrong the way you are. And that's not true. They're not wrong the way they are. But they are told that, and it becomes a self-fulfilling diagnosis. This is what the European countries are discovering. They're changing all of their, their protocol, all of their approach on this stuff. 704-570-1110, 1-800-WBT-1110. Hello, Mark. Welcome to the program. How are you? Hi, Pete. Hey. What's hey, up? I just wanted to, um, uh, I've been tuning in and out of, of this, and it, and it really, I want to really come down and uh, get it down to the oppresse of all the excerpts that you've, that you've played, and the great question you're asking, why are you hearing this? Well, I heard when I was in the I was upperclassman in high school, uh, a unsolicited comment from the teacher of a required class for graduation, uh, a straw man of what some school board meetings are, are like, and I never, uh, I can't, couldn't unhear it. And the quote in the statement goes something like this. Parents, whether with or without a high school diploma, are experts to what all parents need for their children since they have kids in school. And what these educators hear when they get their master's, they get their doctorates in education, really forget that they want, possibly forget that what it was like when they were in the primary and secondary grades. So you cannot eliminate bullying. And as, as you mentioned, and this is what this is, is to is the objections you hear from the board, the objections you hear from this one particular teacher and the one particular board member giving a sob story. And I said, well, um, uh, I'm not getting here. You're still... I still say, argue, you're still saying you need to listen to the experts because we know what's best for your kids. Right. And so this is the standard uh, approach, by the way, in virtually all things in the educational field, which is this constant uh, churn of new ideas. Like we're uh, like the te- like they abandoned phonics, basically, right, to went to this whole world. And, Mark, I appreciate the call. They abandoned phonics and went to this whole language or whatever it is, uh, way of teaching English. How to, how to learn to read, and it was a failure. But it's, it, it is the similar path, just like No Child Left Behind, right? The similar path where they, like, have this new idea, and this is the latest, greatest, this is the way it's going to be done, and everyone has to start shifting and realigning and all of that. And then fast forward 10 years, and the kids are actually performing worse. Didn't work. So then they come out with something else. And then everybody has to change again. But I would submit that there are a lot of people involved in education that are emotionally permanently scarred. In fact, one of them spoke last night. There's a guy by the name of Dr. Eli Branscombe. He's a psychotherapist. And he said that the language in the health policy is harmful to non-heterosexuals. And then he said he 
has a personal experience with this. I personally have been slammed against a locker by the neck, grabbed by an assistant principal. There's no time to talk about the football team, but assistant principal slammed me against the wall and taught me how to act like a man because another student was bullying me for being queer. Assistant principals abusing students is unacceptable. Yes. These policies will promote and endorse such behavior. How? How? An, an assistant principal, I'm sorry, are we, is the assistant principal, are they allowed to, to grab a student by the neck and pin them up against the lockers? I mean, I'm not saying that never happened to me, wasn't an assistant principal, but, um, and, and, and it wasn't because I was uh, perceived to be gay or anything like that. He didn't mention the football team. Hey, guess what? Yeah, I got surrounded by members of the football team because I wrote an editorial that that savaged them for leaving the starter uh, uh, quarterback in the game for the homecoming game because his dad was the coach. And the dude grounded the ball on fourth and goal with no time left. And we were down by four. And he, he spikes the ball to stop the clock. That's a stupid thing to do. The kid shouldn't have been in there in the first place. I wrote the editorial about it, and they wanted to, to, they wanted to beat me up. So, I, like, this guy, obviously, he has this experience, and I just wonder, like, is everything that you're seeing now through that prism? All of your arguments that, that he made last night, these are all through this prism, that somehow or another, super, uh, assistant principals are going to be able to just jack kids up against the locker because they're transgender or something. That the that the adults are going to be bullying the kids like they did when he was a kid. That assistant principal should have been fired. See, this is the thing. You need to be able to fire more of these people. If you're bullying a kid, you get fired. It's really pretty cut and dry for me. But what do I know, right? What do I know? Just a just a little old radio host. So there was a teacher who spoke at the school board meeting last night, a fellow by the name of uh, Greg Sneed, and he says basically he's not going to comply with the state law. Hi, I am Mr. Sneed. I am a teacher at Olympic High School, and I am gay. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Representation matters. Now, I had that choice. I gave that narrative to you. I hope that people, children, could have that choice too. But in this bill, policy SHLTH, wants principals, teachers, school employees, personnel to report if a student changes their name, possibly change a pronoun. I can't be your police officer. I'm not going to be your police officer. All right, so does that also apply to if a child is being abused, Mr. Sneed, at Olympic High School? Will you report that? Will you act as a police officer then? Or are you picking and choosing which laws you would like to follow based on your own biases? You don't think those parents should know. You have no idea if the parent knows, right? Maybe the kid tells you the parents don't know and they're not supportive. They won't affirm me at home. By the way, just not for nothing, just a little piece of advice. If you look for affirmation from without, you will never be satisfied. That, that, that piece comes from within. Trust me, as somebody who works in this line of work that I do, 
if you are constantly thinking about being affirmed by others, you're going to be miserable. You're going to be miserable. That's why, like, I don't care what you say, but no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I like, honestly, people call in and they attack me. They, they, they say all terrible things about me, whatever. And here's the thing. I don't care. It doesn't matter to me. I really don't care what people say about me. If my ratings aren't good, if nobody listens to the show, I'll be out of a job. That's how that works. That's, there's the, res- uh, that's the response. That's the, quote, affirmation or lack thereof. That's it. It's not fair to ask me to be your police officer. A child needs to have a safe place. And I'm going to provide you with a safe place. And the one individual I'm going to criticize said that we hide or we put people in our classrooms. I provide a safe place. I had last year a person come to me, a a beautiful young person, who was scared as hell to go to the bathroom. I found a bathroom because they knew I was gay. They knew that I cared for them. And I gave them an opportunity to have a safe bathroom visit. And I'll do that this year. I'll do it next year. I've been here 27 years. I will continue to be here until someone tells me I can't be here. Okay, you can't be here anymore. There you go. Sorry, Mr. Sneed, you can't be here anymore. By the way, if a girl came to you and said, hey, uh, Mr. Sneed, uh, I know you're gay because you tell everybody apparently. Um, and so, you know, you're not attracted to females. So could you do me a favor? Could you uh, come to the, the changing room, to the locker room? Because I want to have a safe experience in the in the girl's locker room before swim practice where I have to, you know, strip down and put on my bathing suit. And uh, I, there may be a trans person in there and I don't feel comfortable. I want a safe experience. Would Would you do that too? Would you clear out? Would you clear out the changing room for the female athlete? Would you do that? Or once again, are you are you picking and choosing here? You don't have to answer. I know what the answer is. All right, more on that in a minute. First, let me tell you, the Heritage Life Skills event was fantastic. Every year, Bill and Jan Sturett organized the event to help people get educated on how to be prepared for anything. The Sturettes own Carolina Readiness Supply, 2,000 square feet of supplies and educational materials you'll need for any kind of emergency. Food, water purifiers, lighting, tools, first aid kits, instructional materials, camping and hiking supplies, because being prepared is just smart. The Heritage Life Skills event brings educators and vendors from all over to help people do just that. I was honored to be able to be a small part of it. And whether you're an experienced prepper, have no clue what you're doing, or maybe you're somewhere in between, Carolina Readiness Supply can help you in Waynesville and always at CarolinaReadiness.com. Veteran-owned Carolina Readiness Supply. Will you be ready when the lights go out? A couple of emails here from, uh, well, to Pete at ThePeteCalendarShow.com. This is from Chris, who says, Pete, the Wizard of Oz coupling with Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon, not the wall. So it's called the dark side of the rainbow. And then Joe says, Pete, you play the dark side of the moon with the Wizard of Oz. The wall is just supposed to be watched while high. Now, I wasn't high when I saw it. and It was just messed up. So that would explain it. That does explain it. <laughs> no, sorry. Maybe that's why it didn't work for us either. <laughs> we were trying to... We are putting the wrong uh, soundtrack to The Wizard of Oz. No wonder it didn't make any sense. Okay. Um, 
This is from Lamb Shanks, who says, Pete, I first heard that song in the summer of 1977. I don't know how long it had been out before then. Okay, if only there was a supercomputer within the reach of my fingertips here that I could find out when when the wall came out. Um, we may never know. We may never know. Hey, teachers, leave those kids alone. There you go. So the school board last night meets, and they uh, they get a lot of feedback from mostly opponents of the new state law, the Parents' Bill of Rights, that was uh, enacted. And now the school districts have to comply, which they were totally complying with before. And the stuff that you say was happening was totally not happening, although it was good that it was happening, if it was happening, which it totally wasn't. Yeah, they need... Honestly, you activists, you guys need to coordinate your messaging a little bit better because throughout the evening I'm listening to various people talk about how the stuff that people are afraid of being taught and their kids being indoctrinated with, that, that that's totally not happening. And then the next person gets up and says, oh, yeah, I mean, but it's good that it's happening. <laughs> so, right, like just be honest. You want kids to know this stuff because you're trying to change society in your minds for the better. That's why you're doing it, Right. Why else would you, right, it, the whole point is to make kids feel like this is a safe space, right, that they're included. That's the whole, that, that's your argument. So why deny that you're doing these things? Because that's how you change the society, is it not? Why are you lying about it? Unless, of course, you think that you have to lie about it because people wouldn't go along with it. And is that just because everybody's a bigot but you? Here is um, Josh... Dumas. Dumas. Oh, yeah. This is the guy whose wife is running for the Huntersville Town Commission. These two were also featured in a big article in the Observer a couple of weeks back uh, because their kid is trans. And they are totally affirming the kid, of course. So now they are parlaying that into uh, not just apparently a run for office, but uh, now, uh, also some appearances at the Charlotte-Mecklenburg School Board. Instruction on diverse families and individuals is an important topic to me. I believe that a lack of education and experience about gender identity and sexual identity will lead to discrimination, hatred, and bigotry towards these groups. And it's that exact type of bigotry and hatred that is fueling the supporters of these bills at the state level and the policy changes here tonight. Moms for Liberty, that's the group. They've been designated as an extremist group by the Southern Poverty Law Center and are right at the heart of this movement nationwide. Why are- okay, so Josh Dumas, or Dumas rather, is a, uh, he's a leftist, obviously, because he's attributing all of the actions here to bigotry. And that's a very convenient you know, place for him to uh, be, for a position for him to occupy here, because this way he doesn't have to actually engage in the discourse. Right? He doesn't have to go through the science and data. He doesn't have to go through any of that. I know I'm appropriating my science and data mantra from the COVID stuff into this. But the science, quote unquote, has never been firm. These are the soft sciences. This is observational data. You're asking people about their feelings and their own thoughts about stuff. And then you're trying to track this stuff over the course of years and years. And the longest studies and the best studies that are that have been done to date. This is what is informing 
the course reversal in Europe, but not here. And once again, I point out, parents in this scenario, they cannot change course. Because what does that say then about what they've allowed their kid to do and helped their kid to do? Are we allowing a hate group to dictate how our public schools are run? Oh, by the way, this is a good opportunity to say that the Southern Poverty Law Center sucks. This is how they are weaponized. And they know this, by the way. The Southern Poverty Law Center is awful. They are awful. They're a hate group. They inspired terrorist attacks. Yeah, yeah. So Southern Poverty Law Center, they still get quoted by, quote unquote, mainstream media, legacy outlets, legacy media outlets. They still get quoted as if they are some sort of apolitical, nonpartisan, non-activist, non-leftist organization. And they put out these hate maps and they put Moms for Liberty on the map. They listed them as a hate group. You guys suck. Because then you get leftists like this guy who comes down to the school board meeting and accuses them of being terrorists. I mean, if you don't see where this line of thinking goes, right, this guy, he's articulating. I mean, think about it. What, what would he prefer happen with the Moms for Liberty group? What, like, I'd like to like, flesh that out a little bit. What's the solution for the Moms for Liberty group? How dare they engage in the public process? And by the way, you raging idiots, this is the way it's supposed to work. When government controls the schools, that means the public gets to determine what the schools transmit to the kids. And up until now, you guys have had free reign. And then COVID hit and parents got to look under the hood. And holy Toledo, were they not happy. We are here because of the leftists. We are here because of the activists. This is a response to it. This is parents, this is, this is citizens being involved in government-run education. This is why I keep saying it. Guys, if you don't see the writing on the wall right now and you don't get your kids out of these schools, I don't know what else to tell you. If COVID didn't teach you and this stuff isn't teaching you, I don't know what will. Second of all, the model is the problem. The K-12 model is the problem. Precisely for what you're seeing right now. That's why vouchers are, that's my compromise. You want, hey, look, you want to take your kid and you want to send them to a school where they trans every kid? Go for it. Go for it. I would disagree with that, but go for it. See, but here's the thing. You have to allow parents who don't want that to go someplace else. And that's what they can't allow. When Donald Trump won in 2016, do you remember what the lefties were saying out in California? Remember this? We're going to secede. We're going to be a different country. And I said, look, the answer here is federalism. The answer here is to divest power out of the federal government. And I am all about letting California be as crazy as it wants to be. You guys govern yourself. But here's the thing. You don't get to tell other states how to run themselves. That's the deal. That's federalism. You do you, we'll do us. They can't do it. And they just can't do it. Leave me alone. Leave these kids alone, leave the parents alone, leave them alone, and you can't do it. You will be made to care. That's what's going on here, and it has been from the get-go. 
All right, now you've heard me talk about them. Old Grouch's Military Surplus. They're expanding with more ways to get your hands on authentic U.S. military surplus items. Go to oldgrouch.com. Check out the links for the online auctions for rare finds and the vintage shop. Unique, really cool items from modern tactical gear to historical collectibles. Tim at Old Grouch's is always finding new stuff. When I started the podcast at the beginning of the pandemic, my first advertiser was Old Grouch's. If you enjoy the show and derive any value from it, I'm hoping that you will consider supporting one of the businesses that make it possible. Lots of gift ideas for that person who loves the military style for fashion or decor. There really is something for everyone at Old Grouch's Military Surplus in beautiful downtown Clyde and online at oldgrouch.com. Yeah, it's a Pete tweet from Timoteo who says, 1978, my social studies teacher was gay, but a hell of a teacher. Two kids tried to tease him one day by suggesting he was gay and asking if he had a boyfriend. Mr... Green responded with, I am your teacher, you are my students, my personal life is none of your business. And that's the way it should be. The teacher relationships require no familiarity between teacher and student going in either direction. Stick to the subject, teach it well, learn it well, leave sexuality out of it. Let me go over here to Ed. Welcome to the program, Ed. How are you? I'm fine. I'm a Christian. I want you to know that up front. And almost every religion finds what's going on here sexually with uh, the president of the United States honoring gay with a flag in front of the White House. We're not that kind of a nation or a world. We have certain rules that God has set down for us. And when we... If violate them, we're creating an abomination under God. So what I would like to see, so there's not any argument, is that there are no public schools that they, we, have, we, can have, we should have schools that are free of gay, and the teachers are not gay. How would you test and, for that, and, Ed? And there could be schools that that are gay. And how would you test for that? Pardon? How would you test for that? Oh, just ask the people if they are. And then if they lie? Well, then they can't behave like they're gay at school. Right, but how? that's what I mean. How would you know that? Because they'll try to take advantage of them. All right. So this is my problem, and it's the same thing with the gay marriage debate. When I say I don't care who you're stooping, I don't care. I'm being serious. I appreciate the call, Ed, but I'm serious. I don't care. If you're a good teacher, I don't care who you're sleeping with. I don't need to know that. The kids don't need to know that. You're a good teacher. You're a bad teacher. It's still irrelevant. This idea that you're going to segregate people into different schools based on their, uh, their sexual orientation, No. It's the same thing with the gay marriage deal. Government doesn't get to choose those winners and losers, so to speak. They don't get to segregate like that. And I kept trying to warn, you know, conservatives about this very course we were on back during the gay marriage fight. When you attached all the government benefits to this stuff and then defended the benefits being given to one group of people based on their commitment to only sleep with one person and that was of a different sex like of course you're going to lose that case you got benefits attached to it so 
Yeah, no, you're not going to. Yeah. By the way, it's also illegal. You can't. <laughs> you can't segregate people like that. Um, let's see here. All of the speakers at this meeting. This is from Mark. All the speakers at that school board meeting sounded like they're trying to get their 15 minutes of fame. Uh, that uh, there was another line here. I saw. Oh, there was another a tweet. It was another Pete tweet here. Sorry. It, um, talking about it was from Melissa who said, um, I can recall being told by teachers, no I stories. Don't tell me any I stories, stories that have I in it. Right. She says, I've used that statement in meetings to keep people on track. These people's I stories are about one thing themselves. They serve no purpose save to show themselves as victims. So just shut up and teach. Oh, my goodness. You can't say that. Um, <laughs> that's like the shut up and dribble. It's probably difficult to find somebody that is not outraged at the new policies, because why would they want to risk forfeiting their job and safety by voicing an opinion the vast majority of people in this country share? Yeah, that's the other side of this argument. You never hear from the teachers at these school board meetings. You never hear from the teachers that are like, oh, thank God, I'm so sick and tired of having to deal with this stuff. (laughs) I just want to teach. No, because if they show up and say that sort of thing, oh, yeah, that's their butt right there. By the way, they took aim, these activists last night took aim at um, at the Moms for Liberty crowd. And the uh, the local chapter leader, Brooke Weiss, she was there. She spoke several times as well as her husband. I've got some of their audio, too. We'll take a listen. I'm next. Next. 